Welcome to the new TV Gold podcast from Media Week's Andrew Mercado and James Manning, a podcast for people who love great television. Welcome to the new TV Gold. I'm James Manning from Media Week. Joining me every week is my colleague and co-host, Andrew Mercado. Welcome back, Andrew. Hi, James. I was almost going to say it's a bit of a housewife theme this week, but that's a bit dismissive of one of the series anyway, maybe both of them with the housewives theme, if you like. We're going to talk about lessons in chemistry from Apple TV Plus, The Real Housewives of Sydney, which you've seen and I haven't, but I sort of feel like I've seen it, even though I haven't watched any of it. There's so much around about it. And we'll talk about Beckham, which I think is where we'll start, because it's certainly the show getting the most... um, the most discussion everywhere at the moment, isn't it? It's really the show of the, the week, almost of the month so far. Yeah, this landed and a lot of people are talking about this. Uh, it seems to be the hot show at the moment. And, I mean, I get why. I mean, I mean this is another one of those recent histon- history documentaries, something that we all lived through that I'm just learning so much from because I'm not into sports. I don't follow soccer. I had no idea. I knew David Beckham was an amazing footballer. I had no idea of his skills until I watched this documentary. And I'd also didn't, didn't realize that he started dating Victoria Beckham so early on in the picture. You know, I just kind of, the Posh and Becks thing I remember in the 2000s, being on the cover of magazines all the time, particularly UK magazines. So I didn't realize that that actually started dating in 1997. So I'm learning a lot from this documentary and it really is quite amazing, their story. Yeah, I was um I was aware of it. I know a bit more about maybe British football than you, but not a lot more. Um and and Beckham. But the um I was surprised to be honest how much I enjoyed this. Yeah. I thought it would be okay, but I was just quite riveted and I really wanted to watch all four episodes as soon as possible. Um the most interesting thing for me was the relationship with um Victoria, I guess. And the what you get from her in this series was quite surprising because there's there's this media image of her as this frumpy, angry, <laughs> you know, um, somebody who's tried to turn her back almost on the Spice Girls that got her to where she is, and you know she's just she's always frowning and in all the media shots, but you actually get to see a complete different side of her. Yeah, I think they both come across as very likable and I think it's a really good time to do a reassessment of them and for us to look back at our recent history and realise that we probably all participated in that media pylon <laughs> of what the tabloids s- said they were and I was really shocked at uh, the bullying that went on at him with the red card incident in that World Cup game and then, of course, you know, a couple of years later he start scoring goals again and they suddenly all forget it and he's their hero again. It's really interesting. But, yeah, it, once again, it just shows you that, you know, the media kind of lead you down this path and we all run along and follow because we think it's funny. But, you know, we're all just kicking the bag further and further down the road. And, and, and that's why I think it's so great that, you know, some of these people can, you know, get to finally have their say and show us uh, how we've all been misled for years and years. Yeah, I mean, you don't certainly come away with this feeling sorry for them, but you do feel a bit of 
I don't know, a bit of anger about some of the, the, the British football fans should be quite ashamed with yeah. what they'd put these people through, not because he should have been up there as an idol, but just because it's no way to treat anybody, you know. The, um, sure, they had a great lifestyle, but um, they, they, they both realised they were very lucky and they're both sort of, you know, quite appreciative of, of what they've been able to do uh, during their lives and the way they've been rewarded. But you, you certainly, they're not looking for any sympathy, but you certainly sort of feel a bit, you know, a bit sorry for them in a way, don't you? Yeah, I kind of did. And I think it's really interesting too to see that, you know, the people that have been their friends and stood by them back then are still standing by them today. And that tells you a lot, you know, because we don't really know anything about their lives. We're not part of the inner sanctum, but, you know, the people who are there and were observing all of this close up, I think what they have to say in, in all of this is is really important as well. And I think the whole thing paints uh, a very, very different picture to what we've been led to believe and led to think for so long now. The uh, doco was made by Fisher Stevens, who's um, – God, you look up his credits. He's got a lot. He's done so much stuff, both as an actor and as a, a doco maker. Um, and I've read a bit of criticism about him lately. Some people who, who just, you feel like they've still got to be in their bonnet about Beckham. They can't quite get over him. And yeah. They've criticized Fisher for, he does turn up. You see little glimpses of him in the, you hear him ask some questions. I haven't seen him once. I've heard his voice. I've not seen him in the two episodes I've watched. In fact, one time the camera was moving towards him and there was a jump cut and then it went back like to almost cut him out of it. I'm yet to see him in the show. Oh, you don't. No, you're right. You never get a real good look at his face. You get a bit of a shoulder or a, an arm, you can sort of where he's seeing beside him. But, you know, he never really inserts himself into it. So I think any criticism of him for that's a bit lame. Um, he really does stay stay well out of it. Um, and, and you and think like, he's not in it because that would be distracting for the audience? If he was there, oh, you would sure. suddenly be going, there's the guy from Succession, <laughs> the guy they call the little runt. What's he doing here? Yeah, yeah. I think it's very wise for him to have removed himself. And I don't have a problem at all with the questions he's asking. You can't just have these people speaking their truth. You need to have someone asking a question going, yeah, but hang on, what about this? And I, I think he's contributing are very useful. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it is too. It's um, it, it's really good. I I won't give you any spoilers about uh, where where it goes. I mean, it, it follows his career sort of chronologically um, through the different football clubs and the you know the increasingly high amounts of cash he gets paid every time he changes a club. Even though a lot of it comes with sort of significant sacrifices, I guess. I mean. A lot of us wouldn't really think they're sacrifices, but he does. You know, the family does. You know, they move around. They um, they get subdued. Some of those shots of them sort of trying to get through the paparazzi. And there's one scene, I think it's in the latter half of the series, where he's driving in the car, and the people are just really banging on the car. And one of his children obviously looks quite distraught, and and he's saying to him, "Look, don't worry." Know what they can't get in, you know. <laughs> You're going to be safe, and we'll be through this in a minute. So, it's really a very different world they live in. Yeah, yeah, so 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 different. To, you know, they they were right up there, weren't they? Yeah, 
and some of them are not, and they don't sort of skirt the, um, you know, the things you mightn't ask about. There's talk about the, the, the affair he supposedly had in Spain when they went there, and that, um, and and a lot of the headlines. I mean, some of Posh's reactions to some of the tabloid <laughs> headlines that they throw up is really very funny. Um, there's not a lot of clips from the Spice Girls, but the ones there are, I thought were quite fascinating. In the sort of when Beckham goes into the sort of the green room at a gig or, a, you know, where they waiting to go on stage and things like that. It's, it's just great to see those little snippets of um, life for the pop stars. But you got to think there's probably a, a great doco one day about the Spice Girls covering sort of similar ground, and that would be really fascinating to see. Spice cam, they called it, <laughs> whenever he was backstage. Yeah, that, that behind-the-scenes footage with those Spice Girls was also very telling too because you actually saw what great fen- friends those women were to each other and how they supported each other. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's really fascinating. So, yeah, that's the Beckham doco, all, all four episodes available on Netflix. Each one is roughly um, 60 minutes long. And, yeah, look, you might be surprised even if you're not you didn't care a lot. It's just a just a fascinating look at this, um, which was really a, a a major pop culture phenomena of the last last two decades. It's still sort of going on, I guess, a bit too, isn't it? You know? Yeah, massive, absolutely massive. Yep, and a great show. I loved it. Yeah, same, same. Let's go to Frasier, a um, a, a reboot, if you like, of what was a a really, I know, one of the classic sitcoms. You know, that's. It's really a time in history, those American sitcoms of the, um, I don't know, 70s, 80s, 90s became really household events, didn't they? Everybody knew them. They knew the characters. They knew the stars. Fraser, I was trying to think back. For a while, I think, did Nine run it every night at 7 o'clock? Very good. They did. But when before a current affair moved to the 7 p.m. time slot and after Sale of the Century had gone under, they were looking for things for 7 o'clock and they put Frasier there. They stripped it. And everybody said, this isn't going to (laughs) work. But it did. I think they were winning the time slot with it for a while. And, and, I mean, it is kind of on paper it doesn't make any sense that a show like Fraser, which is essentially a show, show about two nerdy snobs. I mean, it on paper, it doesn't work and it doesn't seem like a show that would appeal to Australians, but it absolutely had its fans here. That's very good memory there, James. And we should say it's really a spin-off of Cheers too, isn't it? One of the characters, the key characters in Cheers. It was a couple of characters really, I think. Frazier and his wife, whose yeah. name escapes me in the show. Um, it's actually, I think, um, uh, Bibi Neweth, uh, plays his wife. And this is the, f- this is TV history because Lilith. This- Lilith. Lilith, this is the first reboot of a spin-off. So the character oh, okay. Frasier first arrived in Cheers. He wasn't part of the original cast. He was a character that came later on as uh, a boyfriend of Diane's. Uh, right. He then left the show. He stayed in the show. He meets um, Lilith in the show. The, they get together. Cheers ends. Frasier, the spin-off begins, a completely new setup. He moves to Seattle. It becomes about his brother and father. Um, and now we have this new Frasier, which sees the character moving back to Boston, where he used to drink at the bar in Cheers. That's the only 
strange thing for me. He doesn't go back to that bar. It's like he just goes from Newbar and goes, oh, yeah, yeah. drink at another bar here. And you're like, yeah, but hang on. That was really integral. You, you're not even going to mention you're going to drop in there and see if you've still got any friends there. That was well, a bit of a, a, a clunky plot point for me. Well, hang on. How many episodes have you seen? Oh, well, I've seen two. Well, um, I, don't, I wouldn't give up on that yet. Okay, yeah, and I'm assuming there are going to be cameos and we are going to have nods he, to the past there. He's made a few gags about returning to Boston and the, and he did make a joke about the bar at one stage. Once. I've heard him mention yeah. the bar. It was a very fleeting reference. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I, but that, that, I'm okay with that. That doesn't worry me. I, I, I wouldn't really expect them to do that. I, I've got to tell you, I, I enjoyed this, but at, for me, at, and look, it's a very high bar that Frazier and Cheers set, right? So, but this isn't as good. Yeah. And it's not, it lacks the sort of, I don't know, the biting wit that the other ones had. I mean, Cheers, you love because of all the sarcasm, right, in the bar. Similarly for Frazier, you love the repartee between Niles and Frazier between his dad and Frazier, they were, they were always niggling and, and very funny dialogue. This one, it's Frazier and his son. Um, and his nephew. Yeah. And that, that weird bloke who is his, um, I think Nicholas Lindhurst plays Alan, his old college buddy who's now a professor. I just didn't buy that relationship at all. It's, it's just not really comical. It's, there's no repartee between them, which is very funny. Um, but look, I think there's only 10 eps in this first series. So, I mean, with the other ones, they had the time to build, didn't they? They they would have been, what, 22, 23 episode seasons, something like that. Here you've got less time. You've got to try and pack it in. But for me, it's it's just um, it's very soft. It's just like watching it's, it's Fraser in an old folks' home almost, you know? Look, I admire the bravery of coming up with a completely new concept and not doing here's Frasier back at Cheers and there's his brother. I, I do admire that Kelsey Grammer has created a third brand new situation for this character. But look, I'm not a fan of Frasier. I used to watch Cheers religiously. I didn't really get into Frasier. And I do find this Frasier strangely old-fashioned because it's got that sitcom laugh track. And it feels like a show that is on network TV. And, and I find it kind of bizarre that it's on Paramount Plus, a streaming service, when in actual fact, that's a show that looks like it would sit quite comfortably on CBS, uh, you know, who have bankrolled it. So it's kind of a bit of a weird disconnect for me, but I'm not really the person to judge on whether this is a great reboot of the original Frasier because I didn't watch the original Frasier. Yeah, well, I, I I was quite a quite a fan. I mean, I got sucked into it. I mean, I was a massive Cheers fan. I've still got nearly every episode on the, the official um, VHS release. Wow, <laughs> when it came out on, on the VHS, three episodes for every tape, and I've still got them sitting here in my. Uh, little offer somewhere. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't mind getting rid of them if anybody wants them. <laughs> Frasier. Oh, no, no, no. Look on eBay. They might be worth some money. VHS is worth a lot of money. Did you know that unopened VHS 
uh, cassettes of Disney titles like The Little King and The Little Mermaid, the first ever release onto a home video format. They're okay. worth like $10,000, $15,000 now. If I only know. thought about it, I remember at the time thinking Disney releasing these titles on a limited basis only. It's like they won't be here forever. And I remember thinking, wow, they'll kind of be worth some money someday. I didn't realize that if you bought it in a shrink wrap and didn't open it, that it would be worth thousands of dollars today. Uh, well, these weren't shrink wrap, but I've probably never played most of them. So I just got them as a, because I was familiar with all the episodes. I'd seen everything. And um, and they just sort of sat in my uh, collection. As you do, you buy stuff and never actually do much with it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, when you, yeah, I came to, where was I going with this? Yeah, I came to Frasier. I saw so much of it. I just got it. It just felt like. You know, it's a family extension like so many sitcoms do, you know. Yeah. It was there every night. It was easy to ingest and it was funny, you know. I liked it. The um and I loved the he became a bit of a radio star, didn't he? A talkback radio host in Seattle, sort of <laughs> giving out advice and on um people who rang in with their own problems and, and things like that. And it was very funny. I think Lilith will turn up um yes i've read she bb newith is coming into yeah. this so that'll that'll add another layer to this so you know i look it's not terrible and it's, no, it's not terrible it's, it's very watchable it's an easy half hour it's something maybe to to chuck on while you're getting dinner or something you know you can you can look away without missing stuff um but yeah but it does it does for me lack some of that sort of that that definite wit that came with both those earlier seasons that um that feature dr frazier crane yeah okay so yeah as you say and it's on paramount plus our last major release this week lessons in chemistry eight series on apple tv plus two will be up um just about the time we release this episode. And then I think there's going to be one a week for the remaining six weeks. Look, I didn't know a lot about this. It's based on a book that's done very well, apparently, and a lot of people know about this, but I came to it completely new. Brie Larson plays a scientist um, who sort of, and I think it's set in the early 60s in the, in, in the US, and it's very hard for, as it was for any female wanting to build a career in a world where men made all the decisions. It was really tough for her. Yeah, yeah, that, that is very much the, the thrust of this. Look, we have to be really careful with spot plot spoilers here talking about lessons in chemistry because this new Apple TV Plus series, you know, there I was watching it going, oh, it's so good to see this happening in a series. We, we should see this more in series. And just as I was thinking that, something really awful happened. And I still don't think I'm over it. And then I was like, I don't think I can watch any more of this. Wow. Of course, I had to watch the next episode. And then, of course, it was even worse, the episode, you know, this trauma of what had happened before. It was like, oh, no, look, I don't, yeah, I'm really, I, I was, it really, really upset me that. Um, but yeah, no plot spoilers because we don't want right, to reveal no. at all what's happening. But my God, that is one of the most upsetting things I've seen in a series for a long time. Yeah. So unexpected. Well, it's interesting you say that because, yeah, I've, traumatic, but it, I realised it was a drama and it, 
it wasn't a true life story and I was sort of, well, I wasn't okay with it, but, but it didn't really make me question whether I could keep going. Um, I did quite like it. I think we can say the, the show starts with, with, um, Brie Larson as Elizabeth Zott as a TV personality, as a cook. Yeah. Right. Doing a cooking show in the Correct. 1960s. Yep. Yep. And, but then it flashes back to her career as a scientist. Seven years beforehand. Yeah. yeah. And so, and you're wondering, uh, I'm still wondering a couple of episodes in, well, how does she make that leap? Yeah. From that career as a scientist, that career she was trying to build as a scientist to becoming a TV personality. Yeah. Where apparently she teaches the, the people who watch the show life lessons as well as how to cook. I think she teaches them a whole lot more. So yeah. it's fascinating in it herself, as well as the side stories of, of her challenges in life. Yeah. I mean, it's touching on themes of a lot of other shows we've seen recently, and it's interesting. I don't know whether you've had time to watch it yet, but I can see in my inbox that we've got sent from HBO the second series of Julia, which yeah. is the real-life story of Julia Childs, the TV chef. So we are seeing a, a lot of these themes similar concepts coming up and Julia is a true life story now being probably semi-fictionalized for TV lessons in chemistry for a minute there I was like going is this a real person and <laughs> but she doesn't appear to be it does appear to be fiction but yeah it, it appears that the novel is very successful and a, a lot of people are as you say are familiar with it yeah I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Julia I had it written down here in my notes I mean it's you think of that straight away when you see the start of this, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, totally very similar. It's a it's a woman hosting a successful cooking show in the sixties in, in a certain era. Yeah, yep, yep. And um, so yeah, and then and then up pops the um the reminder about the second series is coming. I think it's mid November. It launches Sarah Lancaster reprising the a great role as Julia Child. So we'll we'll definitely cover that when we get to it. Brie Larson is interesting, isn't she? As a, I mean, she's become a bit of a superhero star in the the Marvel uh, universe, I guess. She yeah. played Captain Marvel in a number of movies, um, so she's well sought after. And I've never watched any of them. I've got to be honest, and I've never seen her in a lot of stuff. I think I remember her from the United States of Tara, yeah, Tony right, Colette series, which is actually over a decade ago. It seems a lot more recent, but that well, I think it was about. 2011. Yeah, interesting. I mean, I saw her pop up in the latest Fast and Furious movie. You know, she's part of that franchise as well. So she does do these these big, big Hollywood projects, but also, you know, has an interest in, you know, stuff that maybe is a little bit more independent and, and not quite so, you know, big budget Hollywood. Yeah. One of the only other people I was really very familiar with, Bo Bridges, is hovering in the background. In oh uh, yeah, in, in in those first couple of episodes, as a I don't know, is he sort of a professor at the uni or something? Is it? Yeah, he seems to be playing the role he's been playing for the last you know ten years or so. I have I think I've seen him. You know, when I first started watching this, it reminded me very much of Masters of Sex, the story about Kinsey. Uh, oh yeah. And the look of it was like I've seen this before. I really felt that I, I it, it was overly familiar when I started, but then when this event happened, it was like, oh no, I, I, we're in different territory here. I could see that it was going somewhere different. 
Yeah, yeah. So I yeah, I think I'm in for this one. I'm in for the ride. Um I, I yeah, I'll say yes, but look, it's um I'm sort of eighty percent there. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm probably about sixty, seventy percent thinking about watching some more episodes. I got to the end of episode three and it it had a bit of a up upbeat ending and I thought, okay, yeah, maybe you're dragging me back in. But yeah, it's all going to depend on time for me. Yeah. So lessons in chemistry, Apple TV plus um 10 episodes in all, two available immediately, then they drop weekly. Look, I was struggling to my show of the week would have to be between Lessons in Chemistry and Beckham, but I guess I've got to say Beckham in terms of pure entertainment. Yeah, I have to say Beckham. I, I was actually quite riveted by it, which is unusual for me by what starts off as a sports documentary. I literally watched two episodes, and if I hadn't needed to go to bed, I could have sat there and watched all four hours of it in one hit. Um, let's talk about finished. I'm very happy that I have finished no um, no, sorry, no escape. That was last week. This week, far north. Right. Great. The New Zealand series up that we've sort of drooled over um, for the past couple of weeks. And boy, that just gets better all the way through. And it's, um, well, I was just so thrilled with what they achieved in that show. And I've, since found out from one of our correspondents that um, it's just been doing sensational business, not surprisingly, in New Zealand, where it's set new streaming records for the, uh, I think it's on three now, it's a um, the free-to-air channel's streaming platform yep. in New Zealand. It's doing fantastic business for them. So, yeah, congratulations for that. But it's um, such a good series. And just a quick reminder, it's about a bungled uh, drug deal that, um they try to do off the coast, the far north of New Zealand, and what goes wrong with it, and the sort of the, the <laughs> everything goes wrong from the the people trying to set up the the changeover for the drugs, the meth, and the cops too. The cops are alerted, but then the sleepy old cops in the far north of New Zealand they just nearly bungle the whole thing. Yeah, so it's, um, it's it's really good. And then there's one of those satisfying things at the very end where they. They show you what happened to all the characters. So yeah, yeah just I really and it's love no it. surprise to me. I mean, it's streaming here on Paramount Plus, but yeah. it's no surprise to me that Far North is such a success in New Zealand because look, it stars Tamura Morrison and Robin Malcolm, and yeah. they're such loved New Zealand actors. People will watch anything those two star in. I reckon. Yeah, it's almost New Zealand's royal family, is it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, so look, do yourself a favour and uh, check out Far North. Did you knock anything off this week? Look, no, I got a, I got volume five of The Box from Crawford's DVD, so I knocked over 50 episodes of that mm. all weekend. I don't think I've finished anything. And I, But, oh, wait, I did finish The Long Shadow on Stan. As oh, soon yes. as I got to the end of The Box, I was straight into um, that and watched uh, the end of that. So that's the only show I've finished in the past week. Yeah, who after we explained last week, they're only going to be dropping one at a time. But before yeah. you know, they were all there as soon as last week's show finished. So it's maybe ITV did them back to back one week and uh, they they were able to release them all locally. Yeah, but, but that is brilliant. I certainly watched all of those two as soon as they became available. Yeah. Fantastic series. Um, 
Anything you want to leave us with this week? Oh, look, I watched The Real Housewives of Sydney, which is a show that I don't don't watch any of the international franchises, but I do cast my eye over the Australian one. And I did think for a debut episode, it was less nasty than the first incarnation of Sydney Housewives. Uh, And it seems to be going for a lighter tone. Um, Some of the new characters were, you know, kind of amusing, if you like that sort of thing, Terry Biviano was quite funny. There were some funny lines in it. So I think they've retooled that show. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot uh, less nasty, which was the criticism of the first series. Uh, so, yeah, that w- that's now on um, Foxtel and Binge. Yeah, now there was there was Chrissy Marsh. She was in the first Sydney incarnation, wasn't she? And she's still there. There's yeah, a she- couple of them that have survived. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. And Sally Obermeter might be the interesting one, a media performer, a TV host who, who appears on this one. If anybody has, should have some good lines, she should uh, understand what it's all about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she understands TV and she comes across as very lovely on this, uh, which is nice to see. Yeah. I think there were some fans of that. Um, I mean, I watched a bit of The Real Housewives of Melbourne. Yes, was- me too considered quite successful and went for several seasons, I think, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, But, yeah, it's that balance between needing to create drama um, but having characters who are really awful to create that drama, it's it's very precarious. Um, And if they get it wrong and those people become too unlikable, it's not fun to watch them being hideous to other women. Yeah, it's it's this weird space they have to kind of occupy in between to get the tone just right. And I think so far, based on that first episode, it looks like Sydney might get it right this time. Okay. Now you're not a big reality guy though, are you? No, no, not at all. So you I, I guess still reckon I still reckon they should do the real housewives of the Gold Coast one day. <laughs> I still reckon that's where the money shot is. Um but yeah, they've they've gone Sydney and Melbourne. But yeah, I want to see those women hanging out at Main Beach at Sheraton Mirage. Okay. And what we'll just quickly go back to one other thing you mentioned, the box. Yeah. That, now was that a new release? The box is an old 1970s serial. Well, I know that, but I mean, the, yeah. what you've been looking at. Right. So Crawford's released volumes one to four. Right. And they never released any more. There's been a gap okay. of several years. And instead, they released all of Cop Shop onto DVD. Then they got to the end of Cop Shop and said, we're going back to the box. Uh-huh. And so, you know, us fans were very excited. And what's really interesting about this one, James, is that it's the transition from black and white to colour. And what's really interesting to watch because what you see is this almost um, inevitable uh, tone change in the show. So when the box is black and white and it's quite gritty and, you know, they're kind of pushing the envelope with, you know, sex and nudity and all that as, you know, Channel 10 was doing back in the 70s, when it turns to colour, straight away the mood lightens up. You know, you start seeing, you know, dressing rooms with lots of coloured feather headpieces in the background and people start wearing the wardrobe, starts getting really outrageous straight away. And you can see that they just can't help themselves. They've gone from black and white to colour. Wow, let's change this set. Hey, you wear this. And 
what it does is it changes the tone of the show. So it immediately starts becoming a little bit less gritty and the camp value starts rising and they start going a bit more for comedy. And we know that both number 96 and The Box, um, and I think it happened accidentally when they did the transition from black and white to box, the tone did change uh, very much in those shows. So it's fascinating to watch. Like, I mean, I didn't see it at the time. Um, I saw some colour repeats. Uh, on Channel 10 in the 80s, but now I've watched every episode. I th- I'm still think I'm seeing things that I haven't seen before, but I'm really at that point where I've, I think I've seen every episode of The Box, so I'm pretty thrilled about that. Okay. So it's a um, box set of DVDs. Yeah. Look at price. Is it about it's seeing... $60 you pay for a box set um, for DVDs, and I, that's okay. actually pretty good value because Crawford's been doing this now for, oh, look, it could be almost a decade. They've released all of Homicide, Division 4, Matlock, Police, okay. and the cost of those box sets has never gone up. It's been $60, and I'm sure that production and all of that, they've that, but they've never, ever put the price up, and they're still sticking with that market. And I should point out, too, that the box is also really important to people who listen to the Media Week podcast because it's a TV series about TV. It's about a fictional TV station, Channel 12 in Melbourne, as run by Sir Henry Usher, which people at the time thought, gee, is he based on Frank Pack? So Frank Packer, is he based on Sir Reg Ansett? And the truth was that, yeah, they took little bits from that, but he was mostly based on Hector Crawford, who ran Crawford Productions. And everyone in the original cast of the box, all of those original characters were based on real people who worked in TV at the time. And Jock Blair, the producer of that show, took the secrets to the grave. He said to me when I worked for him uh, in the 90s on a couple of shows, he said to me, I will never say who those people are based on because some of them are still alive and I don't want to be sued. So we'll never know who the people were, but yeah, it was a lot of those situations, those early situations and that original cast they were based on real people. So very fascinating and shows an era of TV where people who made TV were really creative and loved TV and loved being in the entertainment business. And, you know, if we made a show about a TV station today, it's very different as we see like shows with the morning wars. It's about money guys and how much money can we make. And and back in the 70s, we were less money focused. Yeah, yeah. They were easier times maybe, eh? Yeah. Look, um, thank you for that, Andrew. Look, just a reminder, our show of the week, which was, we didn't expect this, because coming into the week wasn't on the radar of probably of either of us, but Beckham we've chosen on Netflix. You can read Andrew's column every Friday at mediaweek.com.au. Do you know what the subject is this week, Andrew? Oh, I haven't even thought about it today, James. I've got a list of things here. I'm going to have to figure it out. (laughs) Okay, no spoilers. So you can go, it'll be a surprise to all of us. Go and check out his column there. Remember, if you want to uh, send us any thoughts, comments, your own little reviews, any criticisms, you can email us at comments at tvgold.au. That's comments at tvgold.au. Andrew, we'll speak to you next week. Thanks, James. Have a great week. Listener.